This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Let's get ready to rumble! Information jam-packed show today. Peloton of 5%. What's up, Discipline Investor? We got Benzinga CEO Jason Raznick here with us. The man, the myth, the legend, Tom Nash. Peter Schiff on the Power Hour with us live today. Interesting, different, unique, innovative company. Mia, you are live with us on the Power Hour. What's up? Thank you so much for inviting me on. Jessica Billingley is the CEO of Aperna. The best trade idea resource out there. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday, 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 Tuesday. One day ahead of my favorite day of the week, which is, of course, hump day. What is going on, guys? Happy trading, happy day, happy summer. Yes, we're summer solstice next week. Mark your calendar. I think it's on Sunday. Uh, but welcome to the Power Hour, everybody. My name is Luke Jacoby, and you are at the Trade Idea Show. Uh, this show, we, we are focused on delivering trade ideas that's what we're going for, guys. So, so if we're not delivering on our promise, call us out. Tell us that we suck. You are empowered to do so. Uh, you know, you, you got your little chat there on YouTube. Um, why don't we start today off? Drop in any tickers that you're looking at. If you have any stocks that are especially interesting, stocks that, that, that you're looking at that you are trading today, drop us those names. We will check them out. We will take a look at them. And of course, hit that like button on my list for today, my trusty list for today that, that, that I have for us to talk about. Uh, we're, of course, going to do AMC. We're going to do Lordstown Motors Ride. Uh, while we're doing Lordstown, let, let, let's also cover some of these other uh, uh, high-flying auto names. I want to look at NEO, um, and I want to look at Tesla specifically. Um, I, I want to dig into that Tesla option chain. We, we did a weekend session. We were looking at, at Tesla options for a second, so I want to close the loop on that. We're going to talk about DraftKings, and we're going to talk about carparts.com. That is what I have on my list, guys. The other tickers, drop them in the chat. Um, so so Torch, I see Torch in there, T-R-C-H. Uh, Ford, we'll, we'll put Ford on the list as well. So boom. That's what <laughs> Today, let's talk about the hot ones, uh, DraftKings. I'm, I'm going to add Spencer Israel onto the stream with us here in a second. Spencer, what is going on, man? Hey, I uh, on I think it was Thursday, maybe even Friday morning, I got my own little bu- uh, air horn, and I rang it on pre-market prep, and I did not get the same enthusiastic reaction. You got a lot of what the hells? I got a lot of please don't ever, ever, ever do that again. <laughs> Boom. All right. Well, Spencer, rip, rip, rip it open with DraftKings. Ticker right. DKNG. DKNG. It's yeah. down 4% right now. It was down 8% this morning. Uh, Hindenburg Research, favorite of, of the community to hate, uh, came out against this stock. Um, I know you read the report. Can you can you give us a, a little preview as to what right. they're talking about? Do people hate them? Because they're pretty hot right now. 
They're Do people hate, hate Hindenburg or DraftKings? Hindenburg. Hindenburg's pretty hot. Remember they yeah, nailed... Yeah, because they pop everybody's stocks. I think everybody hates them. Right. But so they nailed Nikola. They were right. Right. They got Lordstown, which we'll get to. And it looks like they were right on that, too. Uh, and they got Clover. May appear to be right. Regardless, they're hot. They are, whether or not, whether you like them, whether you hate them, whatever, Hindenburg is hot right now, and DraftKings is their latest target. Uh, I was going to, oh, you brought it up on the screen. There it is. Okay. There it is. All right. Uh, I'm going to zoom us in. Don't worry. I don't have to do anything. All right. Um, so this is the report that, that Hindenburg Research, again, like Spencer saying, they've been nailing a lot of stocks on the short or on the bearish side recently. Yeah. Um, DraftKings is the victim today. And again, guys, if you're just joining us on the list, we're going to talk about Ride, Lordstown Motors, AMC, CarParts.com, Torchlight, and Ford. Uh, and, and we'll do PubM too. So, 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 all right, keep going. So here's the situation. When DraftKings went public via SPAC, and and, and I, 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 I didn't know any of this. So this, this is all new to me. Uh, in the from this report, when they when DraftKings went public via SPAC, there was actually a third, or there was a second transaction with a third party as part of that whole going public merger, going public merger with with the SPAC. There was another company that DraftKings merged with in the process of the merger with the SPAC. That company SB Tech, which is based in I guess Bulgaria. Okay, and, so, so here it is. Yep. And what Hindenburg is saying is that company SB Tech. Uh, essentially, is a front, uh, or 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 has a front where they, where they hide a lot of black market activity, um, and, and and that's essentially the crux of this of this report is that SB Tech and then by extension DraftKings um, is a front for some black market illegal stuff. Uh, this company SB Tech, uh, this, this okay. So 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 basically, let me do the TLDR. Too long, didn't read. It was basically DraftKings merged with this Bulgarian company called SB Tech. Yes. SB Tech is a front for some shady shit. Uh, yeah. And, but you know what? So, so read that third bullet point. Okay. SB Tech accounted for 25% of total revenue at the SPAC consummation. So at least in the bullet points, what that tells me is SB Tech was a big part of DraftKings revenue when they merged two years ago. I mean, twenty five percent of of total revenue is absolutely material, right? Right. But two years ago, I, I I'm saying it's probably less now. I'm saying it's probably a lot. I don't know that. I see, because you're saying that that DraftKings in the U.S. has states opening up gambling. Exactly. Exactly. So so anyway, so a, a, a company that is a not immaterial part of the business, um, you know, had okay, this, this is great. We estimate that roughly fifty percent of SP Tech's revenue comes from uh, markets where gambling is banned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not ideal. Yeah, but so so that's that's essentially the crux of the report, and then they bury this thing at the bottom of the the, the page there, um, the second to last bullet where they go. We spoke, and, and this is where they try to like di- diversify their argument a little bit, where they they say, oh, by the way, we also there are people that think that DraftKings model of marketing and cash burning is not sustainable, but that's not really the point, right? The the, the whole point is this black market activity, which. I guess, and, and you can see the reaction in the chart today, right? I think most people in this space have some understanding that there is still illegal stuff happening in this industry. Yeah, check this one out. SB Tax, again, we're, we're looking at the Hindenburg Research Report. Link is in the chat, guys. Yeah. Uh, SB Tax founder has sold $568 million worth of DraftKings shares. Right, right. 
Um, DraftKings did respond to this, and we have the response in Benzinga Pro. Essentially, right, let's, let's pull that up. Yeah, our trusty Benzinga Pro. Yep. Um, I and mean, it's not a, a much of a response, but here let's zoom this in. Right, but it it basically just says, "Hey, we bought these guys. We did our due diligence. We're we're fine with it." Right. So, um, what what stuck out to me when the report first came out this morning was it's a little bit different than some of Hindenburg's other reports, right? With with Nikola and with Lordstown, they were saying these guys are these guys are, are frauds. These guys are there's no there there. These guys can't actually they can't make the cars the vehicles that they say they can. That this time they're not. Wait, wait, wait. So you're already hopping over to ride now? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No. This time they're not saying that. They're not saying they're not going after drafting business model. They're not saying they don't have revenue. They're not saying that they can't make money. They're not saying anything like. They're not saying the guys at the top have no idea what they're doing and are and are complete buffoons. They're not saying any of that. They're just alleging illegal behavior, which is very different than saying and maybe worse. Quite honestly. Because incompetence can be fixed, I would say. I would disagree. Illegal behavior can't really be fixed. I mean, that's a fucking yeah, greenhouse situation. This isn't, and you can and you can look at the the, the chart and see what the market says for yourself. It, it, the market's it stocks. Yeah, the up. market is shrugging this one off. I, well, I just did the quick math. Right. Uh, so the stock was down as much as eleven percent in the pre market when this report came out. Yeah. Right now we're 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 down five percent. So the market has shrugged a lot of this off. Yeah, I mean. You, again, you have to know that this is almost part. I'm not. I'm not trying to to justify any legal activity, but I mean, come on, this is a dirty industry to begin with, right? You have to know that there's there's going to be some ties to some organized crime, and that's kind of how things go in in gambling, right? I mean, I, to me, this does seem kind of like a nothing burger. Like, okay, so you're telling me draft nothing burger. Okay, DraftKings bought a company. That company does some 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 as you say shady shit, um, you know, in other countries. Um, okay, okay, I, I I believe the report, but I also believe it's probably not that big a deal. That that thing about SB Tech being twenty five percent of revenue at the time of the transaction tells me that it's probably a lot a lot smaller piece of the pie now. Is, is, is what I suspect. Now, as the report pointed out, DraftKings is sort of like the gold standard for SPACs, right? Of all the SPACs, they're the ones that have held up the best uh, or one of the ones that have held up the best. And and again, didn't attack the business model, didn't attack you know the leadership, didn't do any of that, didn't say these guys are just total frauds. They just said doing some illegal things, or one, not even them, one of their subsidiaries is doing some illegal things. And here, here's the five-year chart way zoomed out, guys. When Spencer's talking about DraftKings being a SPAC, you might not remember that. Because it was yeah. like a SPAC before SPACs were cool, right? It was a SPAC a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and so so here's a five-year chart. The The merger happened late 2019, early 2020. Um, you know, And you can see shares are, are holding up around 50 bucks from that $10 merger price. Right, right. So I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to minimize illegal activity, but I, I kind of think, and the market seems to agree with me, that like this is not a long-term problem, I think. All like, right, so so, so not, let, let's ask Zinger Nation. Let, let first one of the day, let's throw it out to the community. <laughs> one, if you like DraftKings here, two, if you don't. $48 on the dot, you have to be a buyer or a seller. You don't have to actually trade it, but, but for the sake of this game, you have to pick one way or another. 
buy or sell? Wh- which way I'm are buying. you picking? I'm buying. I, I'm on the sit on the sideline side. I'm a two. Yeah. You're what? I I I would buy it. Like if I like DraftKings, like if I if, if it was on my shopping list, I would. But it, what if it's not? You just got to pick Spencer. I'm on the sidelines on it. I don't really like the online gambling space as it is right now. Okay. So the the question raised in the last bullet point is interesting because you can it, it's almost like a throwaway. Like here's this here's an entire page of bullets about all these illegal activities and blah blah blah. And oh by the way, we uh, several people we spoke with think that they're. Uh, model of of cash burning on promotion and marketing to acquire customers is uh, is is not a viable long term strategy. But it's such a it's such a throwaway thing at the end that I don't know how seriously to take it. It, it seems like they're trying to just put their egg in 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 a, in a, in a different basket. Um, this report, on, honestly, as interesting as it is, and and I'm not saying, and I you know a lot of it's most of it's probably true. Um, not a big deal to me, honestly. No, just not a big deal. All right, let's go over to the other hot ones. Let's 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 do an EV roundup, and and we'll we'll throw Ford in that bunch too. But let's hit ride. That's Lordstown Motors ticker R I D E. You know I love my good tickers. Let's do Neo and Tesla as well. I want to look at the Tesla option chain and do a breakdown of Tesla option chain, guys. If you're just joining us, this is the Trade Idea Show. We're about to go through some of the EV stocks and potentially going to make a Tesla trade. We got to look at carparts.com as well. And then, and then on the list out of the chat, we said Torchlight, Pubmatic are other ones that we'll take a look at. Um, all right, ride. Lordstown Motors. Here's a one-year chart. Daily candles. Stock is sort of a disaster, right? On on the new side of things, uh, you, you had the going concern issue come out last week. So I'm going to zoom us in on this chart here. Uh, there it is. Boom. The company's uh, auditors came out and basically said, Hey, there's concerns that this company is going to remain solvent. That obviously hammered the stock. We saw it move from you know 13 and a half down to about 11 or so uh, when when that day closed. And then on Monday, yesterday morning, we got news from the company that both the CEO and CFO resigned. Uh, a member of the board is going to be taking over the CEO position. Uh, a member, uh, another executive is going to be taking the CFO position, and they're going to look for long-term management replacement. Uh, Spencer, where are you at with this one again? We had the going concern last week. Yeah. Stock gets hammered. Then you have the CEO and the CFO resign at the same day. That is bad news bears, in my opinion. The fact that the stock, let's let's go from before this going concern, right? Stock was at 1366. And let's run some quick math now. So we have 1366 minus 929. So the fact that the stock's down 32% with all that wave of news. I don't love that by any means. Yeah, I was a little bit upset because I, I was out yesterday, and I but I was up at like 7 a.m., and I, I saw the news hit, and I thought, damn it, I wish I was going to come on today because I'm sure they had fun. But here, I guess here's the good news, all right? Silver lining, ready? If you bought Ride a month ago, you're up 50%. Okay. If you bought, if you, what's today? The 15th. Yep. If you bought Ride on May 13th, you, you, you could add it for 6 bucks. You're on fifty percent still. After all this, right? After going concern, after the CEO, the CFO resigning, um, company may not be able to. Let's take a look at that. While while you're talking, I'm going to pull up that press release that they put out yesterday too. Yeah. To keep going. Yeah. So um, apparently, remember, guys, they're supposed to have this um, this investor slash analyst week. It's next week, actually, uh, at their Lordstown plant. Like the twenty first to the twenty fifth. That's right. 
right? Oh, shit. That's why they rallied the stock. I forgot about that. Yes, that's next that, week. That's still supposed to happen. Um, right. So that'll be interesting. But with all this bad news, you're yes, you're catching a falling knife. But I'm looking for the silver lining here. And this thing had such a ridiculous run from, from May to June. Um, I Look, I don't, I don't own it. I don't know why anybody would own it. If I did own it, I would stick it in a drawer and I would not look at it for five years. And either I lose all my money or it's a huge winner. There's really no in between there. Right. Um, all right. But what about a swing trade? What, what do you, I mean, if they cancel the event next week, then it's a disaster for the stock, obviously. Right. Right. But, but if they have this event next week and they're showing off the products and people are taking pictures with them and then the analysts are getting all fired up. I mean, that, that is a saving grace that, that shareholders have. Well, again, they have to be able to... They said, they always said that Q4, they're going to be producing the, the endurance. That's what they said. Yep. They, it seems to be that they still think they can do that. I don't know how they do that. If they don't have enough cash to begin with, whether or maybe they have to, they're going to raise more. Um, I... I don't. I don't know. I the two things don't make sense, right? How can you still be on track to to make this car in the fourth quarter? But no, all- I sort of like this now that we have that event next week. I almost like this as a swing trade. Really? Okay. Do you do you have your out? Yeah, you have you have a level you're going to lean on. Uh, I mean, there's a gap to fill, right? Up to eleven, ten and a half. On the downside, right? I mean, you've got fifty percent downside here. Before you have any sort of buying, let's look at what I want to see where their cash is at. So, so balance sheet, cash, five hundred and eighty-seven million. That's a good. That's a lot of cash. And can we also look at uh? So all right, wait. Let's throw this one out to Zinger Nation too, guys. Ride total disaster of a company right now. Lordstown Motors. Yeah. Uh, you know they had the going concern. CEO and CFO resign at the same time. De- absolutely not a long-term hold in my opinion because of that reason uh but they do have that event next week so for the purpose of a swing trade a swing trade only if you had to pick it long or short uh drop it in the chat one if you'd pick it long two if you'd pick it short again there's no abstaining you're not, you're not switzerland in world war ii you're picking one way or another let's go let's see where everybody's at on this <laughs> boom all also, right uh steve burns is getting a nice golden parachute 750 grand so that's my dream guys if you ever if you ever want to know what i aspire to do in life it's to get fired and get a million dollar severance package yeah that's what i'm working towards yep uh hey how about uh gm i mean i, I know gm is you know had other investments but they invested in nicola or they tried to they invested in lordstown motors and uh oh for two on that front i know they have other stuff going on i'm not you know crapping on them i'm just saying it's a uh, you know, the two most high-profile investments, Lordstown and Nikola, just blew up on their face. So, I don't know. <laughs> I'd also point out that, you know, we talk about this EV. Boat. I think GM is not exciting for the EV story. I'm going to say that. So so think about the EV vehicles that GM is going to have rolling out. But I, I, I bought GM in February. Okay, so... You know, I have the brokerage account open. It's a bad yeah. day today, but let's let's look at it. Let's find GM in this list. Look at everything's fucking red today. All right. So unrealized on GM is 7.1%. That's our unrealized profit on the stock. 
we're sort of up on it. We bought it for the EV energy. Same thesis. We bought Ford on. Ford's obviously been a strong outperformer. GM's been boring. Like we just said, we, we have that, that, that 7% unrealized profit in the live portfolio. Um, here, here's what they have rolling out on the EV front. Is that they're going to have the Cadillac Lyric, which is like a crossover electric Cadillac. And then they're going to have the Hummer EV as well. Uh, both sort of novelty vehicles. I, I, I think it's time for me to close this GM position. I have no reason to own the stock right now. Well, what? Yeah, I have what, no reason to own the stock. What's the catalyst? You just there is no catalyst. The right. catalyst was the EV pipeline. They have nothing to market. I thought they were going to come out with more vehicles. They haven't. It's stayed right. the same. Ford surprised us with like nineteen vehicles. Right, electric F one fifty out of nowhere. Boom. G- GM was expecting the same thing. They haven't, so they're not going to have any marketing dollars to spend on building energy around the brand. Well, well uh, so so I'm bombing out of this. I have no reason to own this stock anymore. Well, what about Ford though? Same thing, no? Ford's had like 19 product announcements this year. I know, and they're now- spending money on them. The the I, I I was I was talking to to somebody at Ford, an insider at Ford, actually this weekend. Oh, uh, that electric F one fifty. That announcement wasn't planned. That they they came out with that announcement. Um, be, be, because uh, shoot, who's who's making the uh, electric pickup? Spencer, uh, so many people. Uh, 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 Hylion is doing one. No, nope. not, no, not Hylion. Uh, Rivian. Te- Rivian has one. Uh, I, I think it was. I think it was. Or, I think it was or, Rivian. Georgetown's supposed to have one. Or, so, so Rivian's the one that's on the horizon. Yeah. They came out with that announcement only so they could steal the light from Rivian, who's supposed to make an announcement later this summer. That's the only reason they did it. They were going to wait until uh, next year to make that um, announcement. They yeah. jumped it early so that way they could own the conversation around electric pickups. Yeah. Okay. Then, oh. So Ford's been surprising the hell out of us. And then they're going to spend all these marketing dollars on it. GM, still nothing. Uh, and that's why I'm saying I just have no reason to own the stock right now. Oh, but my point about Ford was like, yes, they... they and my brokerage account won't even load for me to sell it. There we go. I had all these announcements, and now we're past it. That was my point. Okay. Right. So, but you're saying announcements be damned. You're 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 in it for for the actual production and sale of, sale of these vehicles, not the actual. Well, well, at, at, at this point, I'm selling calls against or my Jesus Christ. My director brokers is all screwed up. I don't know how many shares I own. All right, so we'll have to figure out how we're selling GM in a minute here. Okay. Um, we, we but have- but, but uh, the energy into the brand and the marketing dollars that they're going to throw behind it. And yeah. then today, do you know what comes out today on the Ford front? Mm. No, Bronco SUV. So, so the Bronco that you've seen on the roads is like the shitty, cheap Bronco that nobody's excited for. The yeah. bi- the the big Bronco is rolling out of the factory today. Oh, so so I I don't know when it's getting to dealers, but they're coming out of the production line. The first ones literally today. Um, and so so what I'm doing for Ford position right now, guys. Again, this is a stock that that we've owned since the eights. Uh, is is I'm selling calls against the stock at the $16 strike. So I'm collecting a little bit of premium. I'm looking two weeks out. Uh, best case scenario is that I, I just keep the premium from the calls. Great, nothing happens. Worst case scenario is that I have to sell my shares of Ford for 16 bucks within the next two weeks, which is something I'm fine doing. But I'm bombing out of GM. Calling it a day. Okay. You do it right now? You know, do it after our guest. I, I guess we'll try to refresh my brokerage account now and see if we can get it to load. Are we shorting IBKR? Is that what's happening? Yeah, we own that one too. <laughs> how how many days do you wake up, look at your account, and be like, wait, I own this? I don't remember that. 
uh, too many times. <laughs> I did a big whenever we let's pull up spy really quick. Yeah. Whenever we had that last bout of spy volatility, so I guess it was early first half of May. I cleared out a ton of stuff in there. A ton. Wait, Luke, did we open a position on ride? We did not open a position on ride. All right, there it is. Should GM, we? we're selling. We're, we're we're closing the GM position right now on the show. We made seven percent over like three months. That's not great, but there it is. Boom, we're filled. Out sixty fifty three. Take the seven percent. Hit it to the bank. Uh, right. We'll roll the money nice into job. the next one. Nice job. All right. Good trade, Luke. All right, and and Spencer, Spencer, AB has a big interview coming up in a minute here. Um, so so the other stock I wanted to look at uh, was was Tesla today. So so we're gonna save Tesla for tomorrow. I, I want to look at the option chain and see if there's room to sell options, sell puts against Tesla to establish a long right. position like that. We also but, have but Spencer, can you help me look at something, please? Can we do AMC real fast? Because we didn't, yeah yeah let's do AMC. Yeah, I was yeah let's we got to do AMC. I know. All right, so AMC, high, the intraday high on this stock. I already did the work to figure this out. Let me find it again. All right, so intraday high on AMC is, there we go, 72.62. 72.62, that's our intraday high. We're about 10 bucks off of it right now. Where, 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 where are you at with this one, Spency? Nice day that we're having an AMC. I mean, my my analysis is pretty straightforward, and it uh, and you know, just really just echoing. Dennis pointed out that Kramer said this as well, and I I've been seeing it too. It's you know not a hot take. For for whatever reason, there's all these Reddit stocks, right? And for whatever reason, GameStop and AMC are the only ones that are that can that can stay elevated, that can stay higher, right? The other everything else. It may, the move might last a day, it might last a week, but eventually it gives its gains back. Not those two, for whatever reason, I don't know why. But but you look at Wolf today, right? Wolf down, down almost ten percent, right? That was a hot one yesterday. Yeah, CLNE is 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 flat or in the red by a smidge, uh, but that's well Those off. Those are the daily high. candles we're looking at, guys. Right. Well off the highs, right? AMC and GameStop, though off their highs, uh, have have just managed for whatever reason to just stay up there and you can't bet against it as long as that's the case you yeah. can't you can't do it you can't do it and the new level to take out guys if, if you're looking at, at amc it's going to be the high of today that's the the big the next level to watch for it's right around 6450 that's what we're looking for in amc and, and let's throw but before before ab gets to his interview let, let's throw one more out to zinger nation let's go <laughs> AMC, long or short, one long, two short. You have to pick one way or another. If, if I had to pick between the two, Spency, I, I would have hit it long. I know Jason Rasnick is still in the stock. Where, where would you fall on? Long. I, I, first off, I wouldn't short. Long all day. Let's go. Yeah. Let's see where Zinger Nation. No, Zinger Nation is a lot of haters on AMC. Let's see where everybody's at. We asked We asked when it had a down day on maybe I Friday. Care, I, I don't care if you think it's a failing business. How can you bet against it right now? It's at $61. How can you bet against this thing right now? And not risk getting your face ripped off. I, I I just don't see it. I don't see it. I'm sorry. All, all the right. all the AMC haters. I'm sorry. Not with you here. And it, yeah, the chat changed its tune. The chat was a bunch of haters yesterday. We we're down off the highs in the mid 70s pre market. 
last week. Now that now that we're having some green days, everybody's changing their tune a little bit. Okay? Well, well, the trend is your friend. It's not rocket science, right? Yep. The people that have held all this time, congratulations. The only people that are underwater are those that have bought above 62. There are many of them. Nothing right. like a change in price to change sentiment. There you go. Exactly. No, I do not own AMC, but if Luke said I had to pick one. So. Yeah, of course. We we don't play around on this. This is a highly engaging show, all right? Yeah. No, no, this, this is no not your, There's no pre-market prep right here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, guys. I got to hop. All right. All right. Take care, guys. Uh, Again, if you're just joining us, this is the Power Hour. This is the Trade Idea Show. Tickers we just went through. If you want to go back and look at them, we did a big breakdown on DraftKings. uh, Short seller report out on that stock today. Uh, We also did Lordstown Motors. That's ticker R-I-D-E, which they've got their event coming up next week. Uh, We we just did Tesla, uh, General Motors, Tesla. and so tomorrow, let's see. Uh, we're going to have to leave car parts for tomorrow. All right? Sounds Boom. good to me. But all right. Producer AB is about to bring us another interview. We promise we are bringing you guys highly interesting public companies. So, so Producer AB, why don't you take it away and get us rocking and rolling? Yes, sir. Well, we got iPoint Pharmaceuticals coming on. Uh, the company's CEO, Nancy Lurker. I'm really excited for it. Um, so without further ado, let me just go ahead and get right into it. Nancy, how's it going? Great. Thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day, you know, to join yeah. us on the show. Um, how, how is everything with you? We're doing fantastic. Um, company's doing well. Couldn't be happier with where our position is right now. Uh, again, I, I can give a quick, quick update. We had a very successful capital raise in uh, February, and we just disclosed we have $138 million in cash on our balance sheet as of the end of uh, March. The company is focused on ophthalmology, and we're a biotech company focused on delivering long-lasting drug therapy for very serious eye diseases. So that's where we are right now. We've got two drugs on the market that will be turning profitable this year. And then we've got our potential blockbuster in the pipeline, which is what we call EYP-1901. And that is a potential six-month implant, biorotable, one-time injection in the eye in the doctor's office. I know that may sound really awful to your viewers, but believe it or not, for these eye diseases, patients right now have to come in and get injected in the eye with a needle every month or every two months. No one wants to do that for the rest of your life. So the drugs that they're using are well-known drugs. They're very effective. The problem is they ha- these patients have to come in and get injected all the time. So the goal is get some drugs out there that require much less frequent injections into the eye. So our drug has the potential for once every six months. We're in phase one. We just announced we completed enrollment. And we're pretty excited about where we are. Wow. So you mentioned that the the EYP nineteen oh one that's in the in the pipeline right now. What what phase um, is that yeah. drug currently in? Okay. So there's three phases in drug development. Phase one, which is what you do for safety, um, and then phase two, and then phase three are your large pivotal trials that are required to file to to get approval for the FDA. So right now we just entered phase one. Now that may not sound like a lot for your viewers, but if you look at this space, um, a lot of um, stocks actually do quite well when you announce your phase one results, because unfortunately what's happened in this area, 
there are a number of companies looking into this area. And the problem is they've all faltered on safety data, not efficacy, but safety data. So if we're hoping we can announce what well, we should, we'll be able to announce our phase one safety results with some efficacy results um, late this year is the goal. Now we may come out sooner with some data. We don't know, we're evaluating that. Some companies are announcing data as the data rolls in. Phase one is what's called open label, which means it's not blinded. So we see the data on an ongoing basis. And you know, we may or may not release data a little sooner. We'll see, we haven't, we haven't fully decided yet. I'll give a little teaser. One of the companies, ClearSide, uh, they just announced this morning um, phase one of just their first cohort. So cohort is your first group of patients on their low dose. They have three cohorts. It's the same as us. We have three cohorts. All three are enrolled. They just announced 30-day safety and efficacy data on just their first cohort. And uh, they actually showed some good data. They went up uh, 35% on the news. They've dropped back a little bit now today. But that's just on phase one data and just on five patients. So that's not a lot of patients to be announcing data on. But nevertheless, it's important because this is a huge area and these drugs are potentially blockbuster drugs. Uh, if you look at the drugs out in the market right now today that are injected every month or every month, every other month, which is Lucentis and Ilea, uh, those are, are, I think Ilea is running about a billion and a half annually, excuse me, Lucentis and Ilea is running around 3 billion to 4 billion annually in revenues. Wow. Um, that's, that's a lot. And then, so with this drug that y'all are working on, essentially the biggest difference between that be, as you mentioned, that it'd just be one shot as opposed to coming in every month for, you know, 12 of those shots a year. Yes. You'd come in, um, hopefully once every six months instead of once every month, which is what Lucentis is injected or once every other month, which is ILEA. That's what that is injected. Now you've got, I see our webpage up here. So we do have two drugs on the market today, Utique, which is a once every three year implant for the prevention of uveitis. That's a small orphan disease. And that's on the market today using this drug, same drug delivery technology. And again, and then DexiQ, which is a slightly different drug delivery technology. And that's for the prevention of inflammation after ocular surgery. Usually it's used for cataract surgery. They're both on the market. They're responding very nicely after the pandemic in terms of coming back. Uh, so we're quite pleased with our results right now in terms of those two products. We expect that they should start to turn profitable later this year into early next year. Um, and again, those are, those are very nice drugs to have on the market, uh, but they're both rather modest in size, though Utique is going to be highly profitable just because we mark, we develop it all internally. Dexacu we in-licensed. Uh, so it, uh, it has good margins, but not quite as high as Utique. Uh, the other big opportunity though with EYP1901, that again is our drug. What we like about it is that it's using this Duracert drug delivery technology. Utique uses the same drug delivery technology. And there are several drugs that were out licensed that use that same drug delivery technology. In total, there's five FDA approved drugs with this same drug delivery technology. And so it's been in about 70,000 patient eyes and it's remarkably safe. 
that's what's tripped up a lot of the other ocular drug delivery technologies is safety. So we like our odds that uh, we know Duracert is a well-proven technology and very so far very, very safe. If you look at the active ingredient in EYP1901, if you scroll back up just a bit, that's Varolinib right here. You can see this on the slide. And again, I'm going to try to make this in uh, layman's terms here. What goes on is that in these eyes uh, with these diseases, wet AMD in particular is the one we're studying right now, you get proliferation of blood vessels and blood vessels that leak. And so you use what are called anti-VEGF. These VEGF is a common enzyme that it causes the growth of blood vessels. You need it in a healthy eye, but sometimes it gets overexpressed and you have too much of it. And that's what these diseases are. So you want to use these anti-VEGFs. That's what the drugs on the market today are. Now, the drugs on the market today are what's called large molecules. They're big. So, you, so it's hard to get enough into the eye. Um, and so they target the actual enzyme, VEGF, and, and lock onto it and prevent it from hitting the receptor. Where virolinib acts, it's a small molecule. It doesn't have to lock onto the big enzyme. It actually attacks, attaches right to the receptor and blocks the receptor. So you can use more of it in our device. We can fit more of it into our device and thereby get more drug in the eye and have potentially this positive effect. So we're looking forward to our results. We think, and virolinib, by the way, I'll add, was shown to be effective in what AMD delivered orally. The problem with these oral drugs is that they cause all these nasty side effects systemically. So you get liver, liver problems, GI problems, fairly significant ones. That's why you wanna be delivering these eyes locally into the eye. So it's a big category. This disease is growing. You have baby boomers who are getting older. And uh, there's a lot of patients who need these drugs, and it's not going away anytime soon. So as I said, we really like our odds because we've got a well-proven drug delivery technology coupled with the uh, active ingredient, virolinib, which has also been proven to work. Put the two together, we think we have good odds of having a potential blockbuster on our hands. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of exciting, uh, a lot of exciting things, Nancy. Um, what, uh, just for me, since I'm not really like a biotech guy, I'm more yeah. of a stock trader guy, yeah. you know, yeah. what's the difference between uh, uveitis and something like macular degeneration? Good question. Thank you. UV, yeah. Uveitis, first of all, uveitis, which is what Utique treats, Utique, uveitis is pure inflammation of the eye. And it uh, typically affects people who are middle-aged. It becomes, it's, we don't know what causes it often. And unfortunately, these patients is the third leading cause of blindness. There's now, the good news is there's not a lot of patients. We estimate there's about 80 to 100,000 patients in the U.S. and about 30,000 new patients a year. Uh, but it's a terrible disease. So, because it really, it, it almost always causes you to go blind if you don't treat the inflammation. So, Utique is a steroid. It gets injected in the eye. It lasts for three years because you can't predict when your eye is going to become inflamed and it stops the inflammation. So it's remarkably efficacious. Um, and again, you only you, you just have to go in once every, potentially up to once every three years. Macular degeneration, it's a different disease. It's a combination of inflammation 
and this perforation. So what you need it, it's a dual, it, dual, maybe even more mechanism of action in that disease. Steroids can work, but you really need to have an anti-VEGF as well to stop this proliferation of blood vessels. Got it. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm glad I that you're some of the question. I know. No, yeah, I, I'm just happy you're able to kind of put it in layman's terms in a way that I can understand it. Hopefully some of, some of our audience can as well. Um, yeah. Just real quick, uh, last couple questions. So you mentioned earlier about the cash that um, y'all had recently raised. Do you have any plans as a company to raise more cash? Uh, not right now. We got plenty of cash on our balance sheets and um, you know, we're, we don't need it and we don't intend to be raising capital in, uh, for, we project we're good until at least the end of 2022. And of course, we're always looking at the opportunities for non-dilutive capital to come in and there's different ways we could do that. So um, nothing's on the, first, on the horizon to raise capital. Great. And then outside of, you know, the 1901 drug that's in the pipeline, anything else that investors should kind of be looking forward to maybe um, for the rest of this year, even further down the road in 2022? Yeah. Yeah. So look, we really like where we are right now with the two drugs on the market and then EYP 1901. We're starting a uh, smaller study this year with what's called Utique 50, which is a six month implant for um, uh, uveitis, which would be uh, paired up with Utique, which is the three year implant. And then we are potentially looking at initiating a phase one study in diabetic retinopathy and what's called retinal vein occlusion. These are both, again, eye diseases that need anti-VEGF therapy. That would be for EYP-1901. That's potentially all this year to initiate. The DR and RVO might slip into next year. We're not sure yet. Um, and then after that, we're looking at additional molecules to put into our Duracert drug delivery technology for additional diseases. So we think, you know, by the end of 2022, we could have a fairly full pipeline of very exciting opportunities for the company. And again, most of these diseases are very, very large areas with high, high unmet need. And so we uh, have the potential for one or more blockbuster drugs should they pan out in the clinic. Awesome. And then, and then real quick before you leave us, Nancy, thank you again for joining us, by the way. Have you always been like in pharmaceuticals in uh, the medical field or how did you get in, into this? Yeah, good question. So uh, I've been in pharma for 30 years. I love the space. I know pharma at times can have some issues, but we're certainly committed to making sure that we bring drugs to market for patients that need it and price appropriately. Um, I started, I've got an undergraduate in biology and chemistry and in master's in business administration. And I always knew I wanted to be in the, the business side of medicine. I just love medicine, I love science. And I just happened, you know, 30 years ago, I got my first job as a pharmaceutical sales rep. At that point, I didn't even know what it was. Pharma was small at that point. And uh, I just climbed up through the ranks. Um, I always knew I wanted to run a company. Biotech is a fantastic field to be in. I was in big pharma for many years and then made the decision. I really wanted to go run a smaller company. You've got a lot more flexibility, a lot more ability to really uh, innovate. Um, big pharma at times can be risk, very risk averse and bureaucratic at times. Um, so I, I loved being in this space. I will just say for your viewers, I remain passionate about the opportunity for investment returns in biotech. I think biotech, particularly with the genome being um, uh, fully um, characterized, 
you just can't believe what's going to be happening over the next 20 years. It's incredible. And with the CRISPR technology, gene therapy, stem cell therapy, the targets that we're finding to treat diseases, it's a great time to be in biotech. Yeah, I mean, lots of exciting things on the horizon. As always, technology is always moving fast. So I'm excited to see, you know, what y'all are going to do and what other companies in this space are going to do. And yeah, thank you again for joining us today, Nancy. I know you're really busy, so I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it very much so. And your investors can call our IR firm at any time. Oftentimes, I will even get on calls. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That, see, that's a, that's, a, that's a sign of a great company, guys. If you can call their IR firm and, and answer questions or ask questions to the CEO directly, you know, that's always, we yeah. love that. Um, I, do have the, I do have the chart pulled up. It's trading at about just below $10. So, you know, if you guys want to go out and get the stock, the ticker is EYPT. Um, Nancy, thank you again for joining us today. Yep. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. No problem. Enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Bye. All right, y'all. All right. That- All right. Uh, Aaron, I didn't want to interrupt your awesome interview. Uh, sweet company, man. Um, I think Zoltan found it. So very cool to ha- um, have Nancy uh, lurk around. Check it out. How, how, Do you enjoy it, Aaron? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. You know, we have a lot of different – we have different biotech companies on, but it's good to have one on that actually has drugs, uh, you know, on the market as well as in the pipeline. Um, like I said, I got the stock pulled up right here. looks like there's been some nice consolidation over the past, uh, six months or so since February, which I always liked that Jason, I don't know about you, but when I see a stock that's kind of been moving sideways for a few months and it's, you know, holding that, you know, that, that's a sign for me that that could be a yeah. good time to get in. No, I do like when it holds and that, that shows a little bit of support for sure. Today, yesterday we saw everything gaining. You saw the NASDAQ moving uh, in a positive direction. We talked about Tesla. We talked about GAN. Um, OSW is having a rocket day. HAYW, Penn National, back at 79. You're saying some video games things are getting hit? Well, look, okay, here's what I want to show you right now. So, look, we have Activision. Can you see this? Can you see my screen? It's down 3.8% today. Yep, I see it. Almost yep. 4%. All right, let's go to Take Two Interactive, another big video game stock. This one's down about the same, about 3.5%. But then, Jason, let's go here. Let's go to Roblox. Okay. Roblox is actually up a little bit. So why what's, is what's Roblox? What's Roblox up? It's up barely. I mean, but it's it's like flat, but it's not down. Like these other companies are these other video game companies are down about four percent, which is pretty okay. significant significant on a daily yep. move. Did so Roblox have news? Let's check. Let's check in Benzinga Pro. Let's go to detail or go to overview. Scroll down. Um no big news today on Roblox. And so we had Ross Gerber on a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about kind of the bull case for Roblox. And obviously, um, our friend Kathy Wood, she's very heavy into Roblox. I was going to ask you, Jason, like, do you have any sentiment on Roblox? Do your kids use Roblox? Do you know anything about it? My kids are definitely, um, yes, they were using Roblox today. They made a whole island with cats on it, and my, my daughter was getting mad um, at josh for putting so many cats on the thing they were definitely using roblox today they were building stuff and that and that is good for unity gaming because unity does a lot of this stuff where they're the creators behind behind a lot of these games so what we pull up you symbol see what that's yep. doing today ticker um, you is oh my god ticker you is down four and a half percent yeah see you're so there there's a sell-off in games and it's but i'm telling you something's happening if, if if all the game stocks are down but roblox isn't like that's showing me that roblox might have yeah. some rel- relative can strength you, that. Can, you, 
can you put a thing in the content slack? We should cover something on that. Yes, I will. Because that's it's an interesting take. I don't know what the catalyst. I didn't check Twitter. I didn't check Benzinga Pro yet. Um, I don't know if you have, but I did not. Um, that's interesting, Bree. I agree. Okay. Maybe someone in uh, maybe someone in Zinger Nation can help us out here because that's just something like I noticed like things like that where like oh I would expect Roblox to be down at least two percent or something if the other ones are but nope. So I think I think I think that's a sign that we need to look in further what's going on there. Um, okay. So now will you pull up AMC, please? Yes, sir. I want to talk about AMC. So AMC is still up a little bit, but it's fallen off its highs of the day. What's it, it at? Fifty-eight. It's at almost fifty. Oh, it's at fifty-nine right now, but it was all the way up at sixty-four earlier okay. today. All right, so let's talk about this, guys. So people aren't talking to me about holding and everything. So there is a theory going out there, not just AMC, but any stock. If everyone holds the stock, if everyone holds the stock then the stock can't fall, right? If you're if everyone's holding the stock, how can it fall? Right, Aaron, do you get it? Yeah. So if you just hold the stock and there's no selling, then, you know, it doesn't fall. That's just a theory out there. And maybe some people buy it, right? And that can be applied to any stock. The issue where that doesn't always work is that there's index funds. Index funds automatically trade based on proportional weightings um, of different, you know, so an ETF, there's an ETF that may hold um, such and such companies and they got to, they got to weight it. It's equally weighted every single day. It gets, it changes. Then there's a, um, the part of mutual funds, which will can, you can't control them. Then there's hedge funds, obviously like Murdoch capital who got hurt. Um, and so um, what, what I guess I would say to you is, um, there's also people short selling. There's also options. It all, it all, it all affects the stock. The true, the answer is if everyone does hold, then the stock shouldn't fall. I agree, but let's just pretend for a second. Let's pretend the markets were just a robot. So know that like that we set the robot to say, don't sell AMC, stay in AMC, 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 stay in it. Everyone's staying in it. Okay. So let's just go with that. Everyone's going to stay in AMC um, and no one's selling. I'm not even referring to individuals. I'm referring to robots. The next problem that happens, Aaron, is this. Three things. One is insiders. And sometimes not even insiders, but people close to the company have options or equity in the company that expires over time. Meaning, meaning I'm not referring to the strike price of the options. I'm referring to some of that stuff can go worthless if you don't sell it. So no matter what, no matter what, if you own um, AMC and no one buys it, but, and no one sells it, insiders could sell. Additionally, the company may issue shares that you've seen, which further dilutes. So if there's a hundred shares in the market, each share is worth a dollar. So a hundred, let me take my calculator out and get my pencil. A hundred shares in the market times one dollar share you're at a hundred dollars for the market cap okay I'm, I'm i'm excluding debt this is not enterprise value this is market cap I'm excluding debt now let's say that the company issues fifty dollars 50, 50 50 shares so it increases the share offering by 50 percent. so now you have 150 shares the dollar amount didn't change per share 
and the the total market cap is still hundred dollars. So your share value goes from a dollar to around seventy five cents, just by the company issuing shares, just by definition. So that being said, that and that could be a positive, right? Because the company has more cash to do R and D for Ryan Cohen to do his work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is why it's it's rare in the market to have a situation like this where if you just hold, it just goes up. Now with AMC, there's definitely a wave of buyers. There's definitely a wave of buyers. This thing, the support I've seen with it, Aaron, going at 57, 60, 62, 46, there is support here. Okay. I own, I'm biased, by the way. I own shares of AMC. Um, so I'm talking my book a little bit. But so I want to be clear on that. I'm not saying for you, um, you know, um, they're saying AMC can't issue more shares. Okay, so AMC isn't approved for further dilution. But AMC could announce um, could announce a, a new offering. They could they could put a thing out there. They they have total control over that. I mean that's um, you know that's a misnomer. They always can do that. I'm not talking AMC down. I'm just saying to you, we all hold the day, hold the line. H O D L, right? We could be hurt by some insiders. That's all. That's all I'm saying to you guys. That that's um, that's it. I mean. And um, I've been in these things where companies have a huge, huge support, like crowd loves the company, loves the company and things change. I have to say those this, Aaron, I do like the CEO of AMC. I think he's smart. I think he's um, witty. I think he sees the forest through the trees. Um, but as listeners to the, the, the Zinger Nation Power Hour, the most profitable show in the nation the most profitable show for its listeners in the nation. Um, we say, do your own due diligence. But that's that's the story. Could AMC be at 70 next week? Sure, it can be. Could it be at 90? Absolutely, it can be. Over time, though, as as so we're in the month of June, come August, September, there's going to be insiders that'll have lockup or they'll have to sell shares because those shares will go worthless. So that's the stuff you have to be mindful of because – I don't know what the, the insider holding is. I got to look at that data, um, but I, I, you know, it could be helpful. Listen, there's a big Reddit audience, Benzinga, and guys, if you're if you're new to Benzinga, if you're new to Benzinga, we're for the people, by the people. We're not old line media. We are the ones who had the um, GameStop thing. GameStop was at forty two dollars when we brought on Andrew Left from Citron on the show with the Reddit Wall Street betters. We brought the Wall Street bet at Reddit guys. It was at forty two dollars when we brought them on. By the end of the two shows, it's $82. We are the room where it happens. We're for us, by us. This is the first of, a, first of its kind media company where it's brought up by the people. Most of the people that work at Benzinga have been a, a fan of us, have, have used us. Um, it, it's totally, you, you are us, we are you. If you know a designer, web developer, writer who wants to write about stuff, email us at powerhour at Benzinga. Powerhour at Benzinga.com. If you like trade ideas, you like making money in the market, Come here. Don't miss any shows on Benzinga. Peace and love, y'all.